welcome to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines, changing the conversation around divorce. This show is sponsored by Penguin in the Room. Penguin in the Room is an award-winning arts, marketing and social media management company. If you want to jazz up your socials and have someone Instagram and tweet for you, then here's your answer. Go to www.penguinintheroom.com. As always, hit subscribe to make sure you're updated about new episodes. And we love to hear from you on social media at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. You can also email us all the infos on our website, thedivorcesocial.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I am joined by comedian and podcaster of a brilliant podcast called Insane in the Membrane, the wonderful Rich Wilson. Hey, hello. 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 Welcome to the Divorce Club. <laughs> Thank you. It's nice to, nice to be here. It's <laughs> <laughs> a special club for divorcees like us. So how long have you been in the Divorce Club? It all got finalised two or three years ago. It was quite recent. And how long ago... Were you separated? Five, five years ago, I think. Something like that. So I can't remember. It all sort of happened really quickly. Like, we weren't when we were married, then we weren't getting on, and then suddenly we were separated and getting divorced, and it was all like a bit of a whirlwind, really. So how long were you married for? Uh, five years, I think. Typical bloke, not remembering. <laughs> I remember, oh. I do, it was 2011, I remember the date. I'm bad at dates. That's when we got married. But it's, it's just been... It's just been a lot going on in the last, you know, since we split up. And I know my, my now ex-wife is very good at compartmentalising things. She doesn't look back and, and go, oh, that, I missed that, or I missed that. It's like, no, that was that was that part of my life. And I'm going to put all that and anything connected with that in that box. And then that lives over there. And, uh, and uh, she's very business-like. This is how she deals with trauma and horrible things. And how do you deal with trauma and horrible things? Oh, I'm too emotional. I'm always like, oh, that was good. Oh, I missed that bit. Oh, that was a nice... Oh, I wonder what she's doing now. And it's all, you know... I do that. That sort of thing. Definitely. Yeah, we're in, rather than just going, look, that was a moment in time. It didn't work out. It is a shame. She's a great person, but everybody's moved on. Every now and again, you kind of go, oh, well, yeah, that was good. You know, and that, was, oh, that was a nice holiday we went on. And yeah. you know, I wish I'd been better at that. I wish I'd, yeah, do you know, yeah, I should stop 
threatened. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's good. Maybe it helps you learn about yourself. Absolutely. That was the turning point for me because I'd never been married before. No disrespect to anyone else I've ever been out with. It was just, I just felt this is, this is it. I felt like this is the one, this is the person I want to, I want to make this commitment to. And then when it broke down, it was like, well, right, why, why is this, what's going on? Mm-hmm. The easy thing to do is to just start lashing out and going, well, it was because of this, it's because of that. And I'm great. I don't know why this, why my relationships keep breaking down. What's going on? But then you just sort of take a moment one day and go, hang on a minute. You're the common denominator in all of these things. You're the, you're the ground zero. It's got to be something you're doing. And you start from that. So since we broke up, I've been on this massive crusade of self, uh, um, self ex, ex, exploration, self exploration. Yeah, there and trying go. to learn who I am. I didn't know who I was. That was the other thing. I didn't know anything about myself. So it sounds like you blame yourself, definitely for yeah. the breakdown of I the do. marriage. Yes. So do you think it's completely on your shoulders? I mean, we we got together in an odd way. We were both elsewhere with other people, but we both felt where we were was sort of coming to an end. Mm. And then we met each other and we were like, oh, there's, a, there's something there, but we didn't act upon it immediately. We sort of stayed in touch with each other for a year or so. And then it was like a year later when we were in different positions and we just went, right, shall we, let's have a go. We didn't kind of date each other. We went from meeting each other, sorting out our own lives and then going, right. And we moved in together straight away because she lived up in Leicester. And I was living in Kent and she just messaged me one day. She said, I'm moving to London on this date. You need to find us somewhere to live. I was like, shit, all right. I like, she sounds fun. She takes no shit. She's powerful and she knows what she wants. And I remember talking to her dad about because there was her background was church. She was brought up a, a Jehovah's Witness. So she was heavily involved in the church. And then when she left the church, because her whole family is still in the church. So there was all that sort of shit to deal with. And she had a very valid reason for wanting to, for leaving. And I remember talking to her dad one day and I went, look, I just want you to know, I know this isn't ideal for you, but I'm going to do my best and I'll I'll look after her. And he went, Rich, he goes, it's nothing to do with you. If she doesn't want it to work, she'll just jump ship. She'll just go. And it's so she'll just, she'll do what she wants. And then if it's not working out, she'll go, nah, I'm off. And that's how she deals with stuff. So maybe it's not completely you. Well, I don't think we had a lot in common in the end. I think that's the thing. You know, we, we got on really well. But it got to a point that the partying sort of took over. You know, we were partying a lot. Every weekend yeah. we'd be getting on it. And then and then that became the only time we were really getting on is when we were sort of having a good time in that respect. And it, you get to a point, you go, there's no point staying together. If that's what we keep doing, then, you know. And I and, and being a comedian, like she had a she had a job that was during the day and I was always at work at night or I was away for months on end going to Australia and New Zealand. And when you get married to someone, I've said this before, you get married because you want to be with them. You want them to be around and you need to work as a team to, to keep it going. If one of you's not there, it doesn't work, you mm. know. And so that, that played a part as well. So how did you make the decision to separate and get divorced? Was it something you'd both, it sounds like you'd been working on it. We'd been to couples counselling. Okay. So we were trying to make it work. And I have to say, I I just know at the time, this is how I remember it. I just wasn't a very easy person to live with. I had a lot of trouble, stuff I hadn't dealt with from the past, things I was trying to get to grips with with my career and my kids were growing up and there was a lot of changes going on and I hadn't really dealt with stuff. And the, the thing is, when you're 
you end up taking it out on your partner. Mm. I mean, not physically, but you're always like your moods and your... Yeah. And it's horrible. You, I just wasn't a nice person to be around and we weren't getting on, like I say. And so it was becoming very strained. And then one night we went out and we were celebrating her getting a new job. And we had a couple of glasses of wine and on the way home, we got into an altercation on, on, a, on the way back to the station. There were these three lads and they were picking on these two women. India, my wife, sort of stepped in and said, oh, wait, don't be doing that. That's out of order. And then they started picking on her and they called her a fat C-U-N-T. So I got involved and ended up, I ended up punching one of them. And then I got done for assault. And that was like the final straw. Wow, like, that's yeah. a pretty explosive end yeah, to her. Yeah, it kind of, well, it, it, so that happened. So, that, so I got kept in overnight. And then a week later, we were out and we were, going to, we were going to go to the cinema. And then there was a crowded street and we were waiting to pass through this crowd. And so we sort of waited for this couple to come through. And so we waited and they walked through and they didn't say thank you. They just ignored us and carried on going. And so, again, that put my ex-wife's back up and she was like, I can't believe these people are like having a go. And I went, have you not learned anything from last week? I'm going to get, I'm getting done for punching someone. We, sometimes you've got to pick your battles. And we had this blazing row in the middle of Greenwich. It was awful. It was, we said some heinous things to each other. And that was like, do you know also, what? Also, Greenwich it. is quite a nice, polite yeah, area. Know, that must the, have been quite shocking for the like, oh, people of Greenwich. There's us two screaming at each other. And now I think back, I'm like, oh, just it's things like that. I go, I wish I just, I should have just kept quiet, you know, because she always felt that she needed to have her say and stick up for herself, which is a very, you know, how it should be. But unfortunately, if you do that all the time, you're going to end up fighting all the time. Like my missus now, Jade, um, she gets in, she gets in scraps all the time on trains and things like that, and I'm like, just ignore people because they make fun of her size or what she's wearing because she's quite outgoing and she's a curvy lady. And all the time, I'm brilliant. Like, she's brilliant. She's absolutely brilliant. But at the same time, people see that as a threat because mm. they don't like the fact that she's that way and she's confident. And so people will say stuff, and you have to pick your battles. And that was what was happening with with uh, my ex. It all came to a head, a massive explosion, and then yeah. we just went right. Enough is enough. And then I went and stayed with my son. And then it was like, you know what? I don't, this isn't working. So so you have two kids. I do. Were they with They're, your ex-wife? I met their mother, Lisa, in 1991. I was never married to her. Yeah. We just had uh, kids very young. And so obviously your ex-wife must have got to know your kids. She did, yes. Quite well. Yeah. And how was that for you? getting divorced and also navigating the world with your kids of obviously not their mother, but mm. someone that they'd got quite close to. Well, the thing is they didn't, my young, my eldest, he lived with us for a little bit because mm. um, he was at dance school and my ex-wife said, yeah, you can come, you can come live with us. And, and she was brilliant. She's like, he lived with us rent free for a couple of years and you know, she helped support him. Mm. So that was nice. They, 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 they sort of got on. But my youngest was problematic. They didn't really see eye to eye. So we didn't see him very often. When we broke up, he wasn't that fast. But I mean, my, my eldest is a bit more sensitive. So, you know, he's, he was a bit more, i you sure he can't work it out. I'm like, no, it's all, it's all done. And but, do, yeah, do you fun. remember, did you have to sort of break it to him? Because a lot of the time, it's not just the breakup, is it? Especially when you're getting divorced. Because yeah. you separate from that person and then you have to break it to your family and your friends. Yeah. Do you remember any of those conversations particularly? I remember saying to people, because we had different different groups of friends. So there was my friends that I'd brought to the to the table and there was friends that we'd made when we As were together. Couple, yeah. yeah. And then there were friends that, that in, uh, India brought to the table. So 
I think a few of them knew that we were under a lot of stress. So when it finally came to a head, they, I think a lot of them were like, look, you weren't getting on. I think it's probably for the best. Mm. My mum did a weird thing. I don't know why she did this. She did it through Facebook. She put a thing. When I finally, when it all went through and we were all getting, it was all like, right, we're getting divorced. Mum put like a Facebook on a, India's Facebook page and went, oh, I'm really sorry to see what's going on. Publicly. Yeah. And, you're, and, I, and I rang her up and went, Mum, what are you doing? I don't think she really understood the power of Facebook. I think she thought she was just, she was try, trying to do a nice sending thing. Sending her a text or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and I'm like, Mum, that looks so shit. It's like she's part of the family and then that's happened. And so it's little things like that and which probably made India think like she wasn't important when she was, you know, it's little shit, like little things like that. But again, I'm sure, you know, she doesn't really think about it. She put it in the box marked Wilson and that lives over there. Probably doesn't even live there anymore. She's probably put it in the recycling. That's gone. So, so you said a lot of your family and friends were like, I think it's for the best because things weren't, were you quite open with your family and friends when things weren't good? Were you, were you talking to them about certain marriage and your feelings? I really wanted it to work, but at the same time, it was like, well, we don't get on. It was just turmoil. And again, like I said earlier, I didn't really know who I was. So I didn't really know what I wanted. One minute, I was like, I want to make it work. And it was like, I just want to go. And, and I was all in, I was all over the place. Um, I'd started to have counselling on my own at the end of the marriage. I'd been going off and having it. So I was starting to figure out a few things, but it was just a mess. There was no clarity. It was just this mm. big, you know, like seeing cartoons when they're having a fight and there's all arms and legs coming out of this like cloud. Yeah. It was like that. It feels like looking back. I, I loved her. I didn't want to be with her. And I think she loved me, but she was fed up with me. And, and there's all these different, and it's a really weird thing. Part of me thinks, I wish it had been more like, yeah, we hate each other. Let's just split up. Yeah. You know, or I might even be thinking now back in, with rose tinted glasses. Maybe we were. Like, it's an odd one. You don't, it's, it's, a, it's, it's weird. When you make that commitment to someone, go, right, I, I love you so much. I want to say, I want to commit my, commit my life to you. Mm. And then a few years later, it's like, ah, oh, shit, it's not working. But, I, but it, it's, it's, oh, it's a mess. I don't really know. It's a, this is the first mm. time I've really spoken about it, to be honest. It's weird, isn't it? Because a lot of the time when people ask you how you are following it, mm. you're just, well, I find in my experience, I'm just trying to convince them that I'm okay. Yeah. And I am. But it's it's a lot for other people. And actually, the only people I've found that I can delve with are other divorced people because all they right. also know about the whirlwind that you go on <laughs> yeah. of like the weirdness. Yeah. And there is a bit of a taboo. Have you found that you don't tell people that you're divorced? Are you quite open about it? And how do people react to you as a man? Being this is divorced? the thing. It seems there's still a stigma attached more to women than it does to men. With men, people just, you know, I mean, I don't even refer to myself as a divorcee. I don't even know why we do that. Why mm. would you label yourself this, this word that comes with so much negativity? It's like, like you were married and now you, you've got, you've, now you're not married. You got divorced. But then we have this label, we go, oh, now you've become a divorcee. You're like, well, that, why do that to yourself? Well, it's even on forms, isn't it? Yeah. Single, married, divorced, widowed. Yeah. I mean, what difference does it make? Those forms are so antiquated. None of that makes any difference to the job you're going to do. Mm. It's it's so shit that they'd still do that. And calling yourself a divorcee is just, what, why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> well, I call myself a divorcee on this podcast, but I'm trying well, to works. reclaim the word. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to make it okay. So you think there's more of a stigma to divorced women? 
I don't know. This is just in my yeah. experience. It just feels that if you, that when a, when when a woman says, "Oh, I'm yeah, I'm divorced," like there's a failure on her part. Mm. And whereas the man's like, "Yeah, I got divorced." Oh yeah, because you know, because she was an idiot. You know that. It, it, do you know what I mean? There's still that. It seems to feel there's still that imbalance. I might be wrong. This is just. It sounds a bit like that kind of stud whore thing. Yeah, like yeah, if men yeah. sleep around there called That's a stud, yeah. women sleep around there called a whore, and it's so it's like this divorced. You know, oh, he's going to find someone better. Yeah. Whereas she's can't find anyone she's not, else. She wasn't good she enough for him. Yeah. And it, and it's such bullshit. A lot of people I know that have all been divorced because the bloke was a fucking asshole. And I have to be honest, I, I was an asshole. I wasn't easy to live with. I was difficult. I wasn't giving her what she needed because I was too busy trying to figure myself out. And the other, I'll tell you what happened as well because she was earning she was earning more money than me, and that wasn't that's not the issue. What the issue was is that I couldn't. I couldn't keep up my half of the deal because I wasn't earning enough. Mm. So there was that. So I felt insecure because I wasn't I wasn't meeting her level. I wasn't like bringing my bits to the table. She was always bailing me out and helping me out. And, and do you think it comes that comes with a bit of kind of society's you're the man, you need to be the breadwinner and look after the family? Yeah, there's probably an element of that because I was born in the 70s. So I've still had the old fashioned bullshit pumped into me mm. so there's an element of it's pride more than anything it's not about oh I should be earning more she should be she, she's a woman I should be the one in charge I'm the one that sorts it out it was literally about fuck she's doing it all and I'm doing my best but it's not enough and then that insecurity starts to knock away so it's pride it's a, it, was a, it was a male pride thing old fashioned male pride I'm like I need to be doing my bit and I'm not Whereas she's a strong, independent woman, and she's like, well, you know, I'll, I'll bail you out because I love you. You're you're my husband. I'll help you through whatever this shit is. And if this if this keeps happening, because you're a comedian, but if it's steep, if it keeps happening, you're going to have to go and get what is known as a proper job. <laughs> yeah. So there was that, and so I'd been away to Australia again and in New Zealand. That was like two months away, and I came back, and then she was like, "Look, I've got to be honest with you, Rich. If this keeps happening, this you know because." You're you're doing you're yeah you're really good at comedy but you're not it's not paying the bills yeah. I'm, unfortunately mate you're gonna have to pull your weight and so that was another element of that that kind of went against us yeah so stuff like that but yeah that pride that male pride thing gets in the way a lot so it sounds like you've done a lot of soul searching so much po- post divorce yeah. do you regret this happening in your life or or actually was your divorce the thing that you needed a catalyst it to? was definitely a catalyst i'm definitely now the person i always knew i could be which i know sounds cliche no but that's so but nice yeah. to say i'm happy i can actually for the first time in in god knows how long i can look in the mirror and I'm pleased with what I see. I mean, not physically, but I mean, I'm, I'm not ashamed of myself. I'm not doing anything that I shouldn't do. I live a really honest life now, sometimes a bit too honest. I have people now telling me I'm reliable and telling me, oh, you're so trustworthy. Oh, I'm this and I'm that. And it, it's a shame that it took something so horrible and to lose someone so wonderful in order to get where I'm at now. I do regret that. But at the same time, you've got to look at the positive and go, I'd probably still be in a wanker if I hadn't yeah. done that. So there's that. It's a, it's a positive has come from it. It's just a shame that it took 
it took that to, to get me to that point. That's so interesting. You'd still yeah. be a wanker if you hadn't got divorced. Probably. That's yeah. a great phrase. No, well, you need, that's it. You need, I remember an, ex, an ex-girlfriend of mine, Marilyn, she said to me, sometimes you need something terrible to happen to you to push you from A to B. Mm. Because otherwise, if you don't, if, you, if everything's just fine and you're trundling along, you're not happy, but you're not doing anything about it, you'll just stay at A and you'll just be putting out of it and be miserable. Whereas... You know, you need something bad to happen and it pushes you along to the next bit. And that's what happened. It was like, we were, neither of us were happy. And then this awfulness happened and then it got us to where we are now. So she's remarried. Nice guy from what I can gather. And, and they, they used to work together. And so he's in the same field. So they've got that. So they've got their, you know. But now what's happening, like she's travelling a lot. I've seen, she, I was talking to her the other day and she's travelling and doing the thing. It's like, that's, wow, okay. That's it. So you're still in touch. Shit. Only because we've still got a joint bank account and I can't get her off of it until I get back out of the overdraft. Okay. And so we've got that. So every now and again, she'll go, Rich, you've, can you, you've got to get, her, get out of the overdraft. <laughs> just just to get, money just to get, And I'm like, I'm trying. So there's that. Still, this comedy shit isn't paying off. But, so, but it's so <laughs> interesting. So you're officially divorced. You've got your decree absolute. But yes. you're, you are still connected by this This one bit. And how does that feel? I guess you're kind of in debt to her still financially. How does that feel now? I would love to be able to text her and go, it's clear, there's a letter coming and you're gone and you're free. You know, the whole thing, when it finally happened, she went, right, we're getting divorced. She sorted out the whole thing because she just wanted it done. Mm. So she just went, right, I've paid this, this is this, this is that. We had a house together. We were both on the mortgage, but her dad gave her the deposit. And so she went, right, this is what I'm doing. I'm giving you 20 grand and you can just do one. Yeah. Sign the house over to me and that's it. And I was like, yeah, fine. And then she did all that. And and so it's all that. Like she took care of everything. Mm. And I just, I feel like people listening to this now, they go, who is this freeloading tosspot? <laughs> no, and they it, probably, I, I'm sure a lot of people have been in similar yeah. experiences, definitely. Yeah. But this, that, it's I so really, nice yeah. that you're being so honest as well. Well, that's it. This is the life I lead now. I just want people to know, you know, if anyone hears what I'm saying, I want them to know that they're in the same boat. There's no point pretending that, Everything's great now. Yeah, got divorced. It's all fine. Because no, it's still there's still problems and there's regret and there's this thing with the joint bank account. It, it does hang over me. Mm. I'm like, oh, come on, I just need it. I need it for her to be gone. And I imagine her husband would like that link gone as well. Yeah. You know? India always said, she goes, Look, we'll never be friends because we've had a an intense part of our life together. Yeah. But there's no animosity. Like when we do chat, she'll go. She even said, she goes, oh, tell Jade, well done on her Amazon. Prime special and looks like you two are doing really well. Well done. And her and her husband are having a nice time. And, you know, so there's no animosity. It's like... Yeah, it's nice that you can be happy for yeah, each other. exactly. Yeah, there's that. I, I, you know, there's a there's a love there that I want nothing but the best for her. I want, yeah. her to have a, I want her to have a really good life. And that's, you know, I mean, not in a patronising way. It's like, yeah. you know. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And obviously you are in a new relationship yes. with wonderful Jade Adams. What do you think you've taken, if anything, from a past relationship to learn for the new one? And is there anything when you were looking for someone new that you took from that past experience? Well, it was Jade, actually, that because we were friends. like We met each other in Edinburgh and Jade had helped out with Edinburgh posters for myself and Eddie Brimson. We were doing a double act. So we knew each other. And then, so when it was breaking down, Jade and I were friends and I was sort of confiding in her and saying what was going on. And then she'd just be really honest with me. She goes, well, you just keep being a toss pot. Why are you doing that? And then, and I'm like, no, no. And then you sort of lying to yourself and I was lying to her. And she's like, Rich, I can see it. I can see what you're doing. You're full of shit. 
go and get yourself sorted out properly. And then that happened. And then after a while, that morphed into where we're at now. We kind of were spending more and more time together. And then it became, we were like together all the time. And we're like, hang on, this is becoming a thing. And then in the meantime, India had met someone else and then they were building up to it. And then she said, oh, you know, we're doing this. And I went, well, I have to say, I'm going to tell you that Jade and I have started seeing each other. And she, there was a bit, she was like, oh, have you? Then she thought there was a bit of an overlap and it was a bit because weird. And it, she knew because we were already before. friends before. And so there was that complication. And you're like, mm. oh, yeah, you know, I can see what you're saying, but it wasn't. But yeah, Jade was really instrumental in helping me get to where I'm at now. Yeah. So yeah, so I've been really lucky. So when you did split up, you obviously went through this period of seeing a counsellor and working mm. on yourself. Well, what were the sort of emotions that you went through? Because I know when I broke up with my ex, you know, we got on really well and I still, I'm not in love with him, but I still love him. Yeah. And I think he's a wonderful person. And there was this weird kind of regret but actually I was happy with the decision I'd made but regret that it didn't work mm. and also the loneliness of just all of a sudden being on your own and not living with that person yeah. 24 hours a day do you remember how you felt at that time and how did you cope with it I remember feeling a lot I was lost briefly I was moved in, I moved in with my son I had this spare room and I remember sitting on the bed one day and I had all my stuff all boxed up and I was just looking at it going, oh, I don't know, what, what happens now? So what, what do I do? And I just remember just looking at the boxes, just feeling so depressed and small and, and wanting to speak to India. But obviously that's, you know, you couldn't, because we weren't, you know, weren't in that place. And yeah, regret that it hadn't worked out. And self-loathing, there was a lot of that. Just, I remember just sitting there and just, just hating myself. You know? So you're sitting in your son's spare room, yes. surrounded by your boxes. Yeah. Hating yourself. Hating myself, yeah. I mean, that's tough mm. and hard. How was it being in your son's house who you've previously looked after and now he's kind of he looking right, after yeah. you? It was actually all right. It, it wasn't too long until I started to get my head around it. And then I realised I'd never been on my own. I'd been in a relationship since I was 14, different people. And I'd never been on my own. And I just remember going, oh, I, don't, I don't have to be anywhere. I don't have to do anything. I can... Oh, and that was a, that was a that was a nice point. Well, I just went, I could go and oh, I'll go and meet someone, go and have a pint with somebody. I remember taking myself to IKEA. <laughs> I took myself to IKEA, and I went, oh, I just need a few bits, and I bought them for me, and it was a nice feeling. So that kind of started to change things. I'm just imagining you running around IKEA like <laughs> freedom, like a brave heart through yeah. the aisles. I choose whatever spoons I like. <laughs> and I remember, and then we moved from Bounds Green, and we moved to Crouch End. My son's girlfriend said, look, this works, actually. Us three work living together. Why don't we find somewhere bigger and do this properly? So we just went, all right. And so we found, she found a place in Crouch End. And we went and did that. And then they got a dog. And we started, How incredible yeah. that your family were so kind of understanding They're, and supportive. Yeah, they really were. They were loving. My, my sons were incredible. And my son's girlfriend, Mary, she was brilliant. Yeah. And what do you think... You know, for anyone listening whose friend or family member might be going through divorce at the moment, what do you think they did that was helpful for you at that time? They didn't judge. You know, I think because I was saying that I, I know what I've been like and they were like, yeah, yeah, you were. <laughs> it was it was more matter of fact. Yeah. It wasn't like, well, you're an idiot. You should have done this, this and this. It was like, yeah, you've been a bit of a dickhead. So what are you going to do? You know, you can't you can't go back and change it. 
but you, and this is what I've learned as well you can't change the past there's no point lugging it around all this regret and sadness and things like that yeah that's not going to go but there's, find a way of putting it to one side and just trying to live with it you know trying to be better that, that, trying to be better going forward I think that's what fires me up now is the further I get away from that person I used to be the happier I am it's like being an alcoholic you know, or dealing with grief. I've I've noticed that with people when they've lost someone, the grief never goes away, but it just gets smaller and more able. You're more able to carry it around, sort of mm. thing. And I think that's the same with being an asshole. <laughs> just because I'm now a better person, or I feel like I'm a better person. I've said this before as well. There's no destination to this. There's no. There's just life, and then one day you're not doing it anymore. You just got to keep improving and being being the best person that you can be until you're not here anymore. That's all you can do. And that's and that's what that's what pushes me on. That's great. And do you have any advice that you wish someone had given you at that time when you were still in self-loathing, kind of living with your son, or any advice for anyone else who might be there currently? Don't sit on your bed stewing over it. Get out. Just go for a walk. Go for, get out of the get out of wherever you're at. You don't have to meet anybody. You don't have to see anyone. Just go for a walk. Get outside. And fresh air and exercise. Will you? And not even jogging. I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about go out. Get on a bus or get on a train and go somewhere where you like to go. I, I was going to Primrose Hill. But the, when, the, when the marriage was breaking down, I remember sitting on Primrose Hill and just looking out and going, what am I going to do? You know, I didn't know what to do. And then when, it sounds very much like a movie. Yeah, exactly. Like you on a bench in Primrose Hill. Yeah, it was a bit Notting Hill, a bit like Bird's that. Bird's yeah. eye for you. <laughs> but yeah, it's a bit cliche, but... Um, I remember when we moved to Crouch End. Well, when we lived in Bounds Green, we lived around the corner from Alexander Palace. So I'd go up to Alexander Palace and just walk around there. And it's my favourite spot in, in in England. It's so beautiful up there. And I'd just go up there and just sit, listen to music. and you know. So I would say, don't sit on your bed brooding. You're going to do that anyway, but go out and have a walk. Yeah, you, know? you might as well do it with a nice view. Yeah, go and have a wander. Go and walk in the rain, go and get wet. You know? So obviously you're through that period now, which mm. is great. And you said earlier you're happy with yourself for yes. the first time, which is lovely. It's a nice feeling. Future-wise, has being married and going through all of that, has it put you off marriage? Would you get married again? Jade and I talk about it, but I don't know. Maybe. I mean, we're having couples counselling. <laughs> Amazing. So, <laughs> so we're doing Are you that. you like a, a counselling addict oh, now? Maybe. You have I don't so know. much counselling. But now what's happening is, because I'm walking around going, well, I've sorted myself out. I'm fine. <laughs> it's all you. It's your fault. And I'm like, I'm doing it again and I'm doing what I did before. So You're never fully sorted nah, out. No, never. You're, you're an ongoing project. You're yeah. never going to, you're going to find pockets of contentment. And that's what you're going for, contentment, not happiness. Happiness is an extra thing which you'll get now and again. But contentment, looking around going, ah, she's all right. Yeah, yeah. she's all right. This. It's an ongoing project. It's like a, it's like a, an old boat. There's always going to be a hole in it somewhere. But the idea of marriage... Again, how does that make you feel? Currently, it makes me shudder. Okay. Just that commitment again mm. and then that worry. And then what happens if I'm, maybe what happens if I self-sabotage it? Like, you know, like a, uh, what do they call it? Self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. You go, this is going to go, this is going to end in tears. Right, I'll make it subconsciously, I'll make it end in tears and then I'm con in control of it. Mm. You know, like, oh, I knew that would happen. So, yeah, I, some days I think, yeah, I'd love to. Other days I'm like, I, 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 no. I mean, I'm 48. I don't, 
What does that mean? You can know. get married early. Yeah, age. I know. I don't know. We'll see. Like I say, Jade and I are in couples counselling at the minute, so us doing that makes me not think we should get married just yet. Let's see if we can fix it or work it out, find and, out what the problems and are. And do you think you'd wait longer? Because obviously you said with your marriage you mm. moved in together really quickly and yeah. has that changed your approach to kind of new relationships because I was the same me and my ex-husband we moved in together like after a couple of months we said I love you like after a week yeah. it was all very kind of whirlwind every relationship I've ever had has been I get swept up in the lust and yeah. the, and that and that initial excitement and I'm like oh you're the best person I've ever met yeah we should get married and we should live together and we should do it I love you and it's and I and then they're like, hey, I love you too. And we all get swept up in it. And then a, then a few months later, I'm like, oh, no, it's, it's, I've got, got me feelings confused. I didn't have the balls to turn around and go, oh, listen, I feel different. Because how do you bring that up? So I was always getting in, having problems because instead of just being honest, I'd start being all distant and moody and then make, trying to make them, I suppose, like not like me. So they go, oh, you can jog on, mate. You're a dick. So do you think that's why you're so honest now Yeah, from that, uh, those experiences? Because yeah. it's cowardly as well in in some respects, just not being honest with someone and just saying, look, I'm, this isn't, I'm not feeling this. I don't know. I don't know what to do about it. You know, well, I, I never used to do that. It's just hide it. Yeah. And then pretend everything was fine and just be moody and shit and cheat and be an asshole. Practically or practical wise, things like... Your wedding ring. Did you wear a wedding band? Yes. Well, I no. I had. There's only two of them in the world. I've got a. It's a skull ring that was handmade by this guy in Greenwich Market because I wanted something different. We were walking round, and then she was saying, "You got to pick one." And I'm like, "I don't really know what I want." And then I saw this guy working on the thing, and he had this ring on, and I went, "I really like that." And he went, oh, "It's quite difficult to make. I made this one, but you know, I don't. I don't. It, 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 there weren't any for sale. He just had this yeah. one on, and I said, "I really like it." And he went, and I went, it's for my for my wedding. And he went, all right, all right, I'll do it for you. So there's this, so I got this, I've still got it. Oh, wow. It's this one-off ring that you can't get anywhere. So That you got in Greenwich Market. Yeah. And that's also where you had the big explosive row, Greenwich. Was, it was, yeah. Well, we lived in Greenwich Full at the time. We lived in Greenwich and then we moved out to Charlton, but we lived in that area, yeah. So you wore the ring. How long was it until you took it off when you'd separated? Um, was it like a meaningful thing for you? Yeah, I took it off, but I kept it. I used to carry it with me. It was quite clunky as well, so it would get caught on everything. It was a big old ring. That's always the problem with engagement rings. Yeah. I used to rip so many pairs of tights because <laughs> it stuck out and it used to catch on everything. That was it, and it was ruining me tights. And so, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> um, but you used but to carry it with you? I had it with me for a bit, yeah. What, like in your pocket? Yeah. And, okay. then, and then in the end, I've just got it. It's just put away. But you, you still yeah. have it now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you ever see yourself, because some people sell them or give them away. Do you um, think you'll keep it forever? I'll probably just keep it. Is it on display or is it kind of no, in a drawer? It's, it's in, in a, a jewellery box. It's in a jewellery box put away. Just put away, yeah. Would you ever wear it again? Probably not, because it's part of that. You know, it symbolises yeah. that part of my life. And, and I no, don't, no disrespect Mm. It's like I don't want to get rid of it, but I don't want to wear it, you know. And I'm sure India's the same. I'm sure she's not wearing her anything, you know. Her well, engagement that's how I so. feel. I've still got my engagement ring and my wedding band, but I keep it in a box. Yeah, and it it it's strange because it feels like a waste, but also I don't want to no. give it away or remember, sell it. Yeah, I remember India's engagement ring. It was an Art Deco ring that we got in uh, the vintage shops in Brighton. So even that 
Her dad used to come down. Right, do you know what? Fuck it, I'm going to say. I sound like such a freeloading asshole. Her dad used to come down every now and again. Not very often, every now and again. And then he'd, he'd leave and he would have left money in the bread bin. And she was all like, I wish you wouldn't do that. I just, it really annoys me that he does it. And so he did it. And then I said, well, why don't you spend it on an engagement ring? Get a really decent one. And, and so we went off to Brighton. And we went to the vintage shops and we found this really nice square like Art Deco ring. And it was, be- it was a really nice, unusual ring, mm. which I imagine she might have sold it by now. It was a nice one. Well, maybe uh, she's got it in a drawer. I like doubt it. Uh, no offence to her, but I imagine it's, it's not put in the box, Mark Wilson. That's, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You said the whole divorce proceedings she organised. All, all of it, yeah. Did it cost you any money? Did she pay for it? She all? paid for everything. She just wanted it done. She went, I want it done. And that was it. She just went, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. And then you just got to sign this, sign that, and that's it. And do you remember the moment when you got that certificate through, that decree absolute? I do. Yeah. And I remember mixed feelings. It was like, I'm glad it's finished. I wish, again, I wish I'd been able to help sort it out. And I couldn't. And then she took charge of it all and sorted it all out. So there was regret that I didn't do my bit. But there was that final, like, it was a sadness as well. It was like, oh, that's it then. There's no going back. That's it. It's done. And that was a weird, it was a weird feeling. Yeah. How was yours? I don't have my decree absolute yet. Oh, really? So I got the decree nice, say. Okay. Or what, are you just waiting for I'm it? I'm waiting to, for oh, the yeah. certificate. <laughs> so this nah, is why I'm asking. Right, and where do, yeah. where do you keep your certificate? Do you know where it is? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a file of things, important documents that I've got, and it's in there. And when's the last time you looked at it? Do you remember? Um, oh, the other day, actually, I was looking for. I think it was something to do with my passport, and it was and it was in amongst the things. So I remember it's still in the envelope. I've opened it, looked at it, put it back in the envelope, and it's now in this box file. So yeah, I remember, yeah, I looked at it, at the envelope. I'm like, oh, that's that thing, oh. and then I moved on. So, so looking back at it now, does it still make you feel a bit it emotional? Just, it just reminds me of what I wish I could have done better. You know, because I'm like, talking to you now and people listening to this now, they go, who is this wanker? It's just, it's just where I was at at the time. Mm. I wasn't able to contribute as much as I wanted to. And even at the end, she dealt with it all and sorted it all out. And I feel bad about that. You know, I should have, I wish I could have done my bit. But going forward, now I'm like, all right, you, if that's how you want to be, then be that then. Stop, stop messing around. <laughs> I'm being a better person. So if there was one bit of advice you could give, say me, who's just getting divorced now, or mm. maybe someone who's thinking about getting divorced, but because I know before I separated, I was a bit sort of scared and overwhelmed and like, oh God, oh, yeah. am I actually going to do this? Like, what's life going to be like? Is there one bit of advice you'd give someone sort of going through that from your own experience? If you're at that point and you're thinking about doing it, but you're scared of what you think will happen... You're scared of the all the shit that's going to go on. You're just going to stay where you are and you're going to be miserable forever. So it's, you're better off just getting it done. Whatever way you need to do it, just 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 dig deep and get it done. Because it, it, it'll be quicker to get through that, get it done, get it, get all the paperwork done, get through the horrible bit, all the, all the oh, I miss them, oh, I, I hate them and all that, so all the emotional stuff. It'd be quicker to get through that than to just spend the rest of your life thinking, oh, I really should, I really want to get out of this, but I don't know how. Because we only get one life as far as we know, and there's no point wasting it on fear. Fear is what keeps you in that place, and you want to just, just get get it done. 
and you'll soon get into a better place if you get it done. It's horrible. It's going to suck, but it's going to suck more if you stay where you are and be sad. And that's the difference. And that's why now everybody's a lot happier, you know. I love that. Well, Rich Wilson, thank you very much. It's my pleasure. And again, if anyone's listening and they go, yes, I know. I'm just being honest. Well, in my experience, you're a lovely man since I've known you, but I haven't been married to you. No. Uh, Do you know what? Maybe that's it. Don't ever get married to me. I'm shit. (laughs) Where can people find out more about you and listen to your podcast? I have a podcast called Insane in the Membrane, and that is on every platform that you can get your podcast from. I am Rich Wilson on Twitter. I am Rich Wilson on Instagram. And on those, there's a smart link that all you have to do is click on the link and that will take you to wherever you want to go. So if you're listening to it on a Mac or on a PC, that smart link will get you to wherever you need it to take you. So do that. Amazing. And and I'm in comedy clubs up and down the country. Do check out Insane in the Membrane. I did an episode of it. Yeah, you did. It was a good one. You were one of the first people. And you're one of my first people. Yay! Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, hi. Thank you for listening to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines. Please leave us a review. Please, please. Um, It would be super nice. They're lovely to read. They keep me cheery and happy and keep me going. Uh, But also it affects our listing in the podcast charts, uh, which are very important because that's how more people find the podcast. And I'd love to help more people get through those really tough heartbreak and divorce times. And they're more likely to find us if we're higher up on the charts. So if you'd like to leave a review, I'd love you forever. You can leave them on iTunes is the big one or most podcast platforms do them as well. I'll take all the reviews you've got to give. You can also uh, get in contact on Twitter and Instagram at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. We have a website, thedivorcesocial.com, and we have a Patreon account, which means that you can support the podcast for as little as £2 a month. And it helps me with all the admin costs. It also means you have access to our 90s-style divorce and heartbreak chat room. And there's lots of exclusives on there, little bits of audio that you don't get in the main podcast, and some giveaways as well. So I'd love to see you over on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Samantha Baines. And please leave a review. Did I say that already? Please leave a review. Love you forever.